quarterback um, and a great ambassador for the University of South Carolina. Uh, Tommy, it's such a great honor to have you on with us this morning. Thank you very much, Tyler. Very nice to be on Spartanburg, great city. Well, Tommy, uh, this year is a very special year for you. I know celebrating 50 years um, in the booth at South Carolina. I mean, that's I mean that's an incredible feat for anybody to accomplish to be in the booth for 50 years. Um, and I know you've seen a lot of Gamecock history over that time. You got to work with the legendary Bob Fulton. Uh, just this comment on on your 50 years in the booth. Well, first, I think 50 years of anything is a long time. And uh, but you know, I've just I've been fortunate, lucky. Um, you know, I haven't messed up too much and. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. It's um, it's a labor of love. I love the university, um, of all aspects of our university, and especially football, of course. And uh, I got into it because I was very active in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I'd spoken a good bit there. And Coach Dietzel, my coach at the time, was very active as well. And he um, and I were speaking together sometimes, and he wanted a, a former player on the broadcast, and he selected me, and I've been there ever since. So, um been through a lot of fun times, a lot of great times, had some heartbreaks, but overall been very lucky and I've loved it. Well, Tommy, uh, go back to your playing days. Of course, at South Carolina, you're the only Gamecock quarterback uh, to win a conference championship. And, of course, you, you never lost to the Clemson Tigers either, uh, which is a huge accomplishment. There's not many uh, folks that can say that, of course, that played at South Carolina. Uh, but uh, – Still, after all these years, to be the only quarterback that's led the, the Gamecocks to a conference championship, I know you wish that wasn't the case anymore. That's true. Um, you know, surprising. Uh, you know, I think the thing we all have to remember, and I kept reminding Steve Spurrier of this, is I think for 19 years we were an independent. And uh, can't win a conference championship when you're not in the conference. I mean, ask Notre Dame. So, um, you know, one year, I think when Todd Ellis was playing, we beat, I think we played five, either six, maybe five. ACC teams and beat every one of them. So I don't know if that had qualified for us another championship, but it's just, again, 19 years out of our history books from a standpoint of winning an AC or any type of championship. And then we jump in the SEC and football-wise, we weren't ready. And um, still, you know, we got we got up there at the top with, with Coach Spurrier, but they couldn't pull it off, and then things went a little south, and now we're back, kind of building it back up. So I think it's a great thing in, to, that we all need to learn in life and whether it's our faith, our marriage, business, life, or whatever, is that um, when you're on the top, it's hard to keep it there. Then when it goes down, um, it's really hard. It takes some time to build it back up, and that's kind of where our football program has been. We all need to remember a few years ago, um, two years before Shane Beamer came, we, we won only six games. You know, Some of that got covered up by COVID, a lot of things going on, but at the same time, we're bouncing back now, and um, we're not there yet. It's going to take us a little while, and we'll hopefully get there and maybe get us a conference championship soon. Tommy Suggs joins us on the Image Printing Hotline. Tommy, we uh, you know talk about a, a lot of history with South Carolina, and I've I've been able to come down and cover the Gamecocks for for many years now, going on fifteen or sixteen years, so nowhere near the amount of time you have. But the time when I started, I was the editor of the of the newspaper at the University of South Carolina Union. I got to come down, and of course, uh, Bob Fulton had already retired. At that point, this was 2005 or six or somewhere in there. And uh, they assigned me a spot in the press box on the second row, on the very end of the row. And sitting right behind me was Bob Fulton. And he sat there every Saturday. And uh, I got to hear Bob Fulton tell stories to people who would just come up and talk to him for, for a couple of years there. 
uh, before he passed away. So it was a great thrill for me. You got to work with Bob Fulton on a regular basis. Talk to me about the voice of the Gamecocks. Well, 23 years we um, we worked together, and I would say Bob was a great mentor of mine. He was also very patient with me because I know what I was doing. I was messing up, and, and Bob was, again, very nice, very patient, told me what to do, what not to do. And um, we we became very, very good friends um, and, and, and off the mic. And um, I like Bob a lot, and uh, Bob had some great stories. I mean, he was a good bit older than me, and uh, he was there very active as in the broadcast and traveling times with, with Frank McGuire. And he had a lot of McGuire stories and of course, Paul Diesel stories and just, just a lot of great stories and history that um, he could share. And he didn't mind sharing either. And so we had some fun trips to Hawaii. We went out there twice to play and Bob and I again roomed together at the time. And um, we just, we just had a lot of fun together, a lot of fun together. And I think you can tell it on the air. Um, same way with Todd Ellis and I. Todd and I are great, great friends, and, and, and he's younger, but we're in the same fraternity at Carolina, so we have a lot of um, socializing after the season's over. And, um, you know, you want to, you wanna, when you work on the air like that, you want to be friends with the person you're working with because it, it comes through. And you can laugh and you can do things that, um, and you can give and take a little bit. And, and that's that's where it was with with. Bob and certainly is with Todd um, and so Bob was just one of those one of a time type guys that um, will always be a part of our history Carolina. Well Tommy you've seen a lot over your years at South Carolina of course you were there for the for for the black magic days you were there when Todd Ellis was at quarterback you were there when uh, Lou Holtz came in you were there for Steve Spurrier uh, Shane Beamer of course has come in now um, you were there for Steve Tannehill and Connor Shaw you've been there for a for a lot of stuff what is what is probably your looking back can you put a a, a favorite year uh, maybe a favorite uh, team that you saw in all your years at South Carolina well that's a hard one Tyler um, because we've had some good ones and we've had some some, some tough ones, but I don't know about the best team. Um, I, I think oddly enough, one of, one of my best years, one of the ones that got me the most was actually Steve Spurrier's first year. And this surprises people, but the reason was that I was so upset, um, that, that people around the country were making derogatory comments about South Carolina because they kept saying, why would Steve Spurrier go there? Why would he go there when he could go other places? I mean, why would you go to South Carolina? And Spurrier comes out the first year and beats Tennessee at Tennessee and Florida at home. home. And I just felt like that was, okay, take it. Now, that's why he came here. You know, and I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. And I was nervous all year because I was wanting him to show them why he came to South Carolina. And he did. And I will never forget that. Of course, the Heisman Trophy run year was unbelievable the win at Michigan then to go to, to, to the Coliseum at Los Angeles and there's uh, you know Marcus Allen there's Ronnie Lott and George Rogers on the field my gosh what talent and George breaks it off tackle at the end of the four, uh, in the fourth quarter rather and I think he runs for about 130 something yards and scores the touchdown and they say that that's why he won the Heisman because he got the West Coast voters in on that run and on that game and you know, then there's the Black Magic here. That was special. Um, and then, you know, just some individual games were phenomenal. Probably the most memorable game ever to me was 
Mississippi State. Oddly enough, it was the first game of any athletic event televised nationally after 9-11. Um, didn't have much relevance in the conference, anything like that, but it did for our country. It did for me. It did for our team, for our people all along. And it was so surreal, so weird being at the stadium because of the lockdown they had and the and the, and the, and the procedures they put us through to get into that stadium with armed guards there, with bayonets fixed and all this stuff. It was scary, eerie. And um, that was probably the, the one I think of the most um, as far as a special game. But then, honestly, there's Tennessee the other night, too. That's pretty doggone special, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've had a few. We've well, had a few out there. I was going to ask you about that. I, I, you know, we, we talk about you've seen a lot. Have you ever seen anything like what you saw Saturday with the massive turnaround that the Gamecocks saw from the game at Florida uh, to the game against Tennessee last week? You know, I was I haven't, um, but but I've said this often on the air this year that that this year in college football I've seen two things consistently. One is injuries, um, and and I don't think the national announcers play that up enough. I mean, there were a couple of games this year we played um, some good teams with five defensive starters out. I mean, uh, yeah, defensive starters out, um, and, and that's not played up enough. I mean, that's critical. Arkansas's had some injuries. Alabama's had injuries. Um, you know, everybody's having it, but they seem to have more now to starters, and, and, and that is critical. The other thing I've seen this year is I've seen teams be up and down. One team be great one week, and the next week it's horrible. And I don't know if that's transfer portal culture. I'm not sure what that is, um, but that's happening. So um, it happened positively for us. Uh, I think Tennessee, candidly, I think we caught them looking forward to the Final Four or whatever they call it and to see if they could get in there and not thinking about us necessarily. And also, they hadn't played at Willie B at night. They hadn't played on the road anywhere in the conference or any game this year at night on the road. And Willie B's pretty tough, folks. It is pretty tough to play in now, the lights and all that stuff. And that energy is hard to beat. And our team had a good week of practice. We changed some things up front, some blocking schemes. I thought we did... Yeah, from a strategy standpoint, we did a hell of a job with moving Adkins around in a blocking position, doing some things with him. We did some different things, different formations, and we gave Rattler time to throw. Rattler is a heck of a quarterback. He's a heck of a young man, and uh, he's handled everything with class. I think we've been unfair to him some when we hadn't given him the protection and asked him to do things that probably um, hard for him to do. But it all got the, it all came together perfectly Saturday night, and, and and if the game hadn't ended, we'd have scored 80 on them. I mean, it was they couldn't stop us. They had no answer for us, and I thought that was just phenomenal turnaround. And hopefully, we can keep it up one more week. But um, it was a stunner, no question about it, a stunner. Tommy, you mentioned the the, the atmosphere at Williams Bryce Stadium, and a lot of folks may not know this, but you you played a big part in that um, back when Coach Paul Dietzel was there, and back in the seventies and, and stuff. When uh, you were the one that actually suggested the two thousand one entrance, I did. Um, actually, I, I went to an Elvis Presley concert in Columbia, then I went to one at LSU when I was in banking school down there. And I saw him twice, um, actually three months before he died. Um, and he came out to 2001. I came back, had it put on a tape, and went to see Coach Carlin, who was the um, athletics director and head coach then. He loved it. He wanted the band to play it. Um, and I told him that wouldn't work because no one would hear it. Well, actually, 
that year the band did play it uh, for six home games and no one ever heard it. And so coach gets fired and then Bob Markham comes in and he loves it, but the sound system was so bad. So we had to wait another year. And then finally, when Joe Morrison came in the next year, because Markham fired Richard Bell as head coach in one year, Markham comes in and we play it for the first time when Joe Morrison's team comes on the field. So that's when fans first saw it. So I heard it rather. And um, it's, it's, it's part of our culture now. It's, it's taken off around the country. Um, we have embellished it some with other things, including Sandstorm. So um, it sets the tone, and um, people look forward to it, and I'm glad they've had a part in it. It's, it's rivalry week. As, you know, the, I believe the greatest rivalry in college football. I mean, I know Ohio State and Michigan would like to argue with that. Uh, but it's, it's a great rivalry, Tommy. You grew up in the state of South Carolina. You played in this rivalry. You never lost uh, to the Clemson Tigers. What's this rivalry mean to you? Well, it's important, no question about it. It's a state divided for this one week. Um, it, 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 it is um, important. I never realized um, when I played Clemson, I played them. I want to make sure everybody gets this correct. Um, I, I am the only starting quarterback that started four games that never lost to Clemson, but one of those games was a freshman. Um, but we played Clemson three times at Death Valley my freshman year my sophomore year and my senior year. And we only played them one time in Columbia. And that was my junior year. We'd won the ACC already and was heading to the Peach Bowl. So, um, I mean, really, I, I started four times. One was a freshman and three times we played them in Clemson, which is a little unusual. Frank Howard used to use that as a recruiting tool. He said, you're going to play them up here three times at Death Valley. Anyway, it was kind of funny. But it, it's huge. It's huge in the state. It's huge for our fans. Um, Clemson's got a great program. They've done a, a, a lot um, under Coach Sweeney, and the culture and what they've done up there has, needs to be admired, and we do that. We respect it. But I think we're beginning to get a little closer to them. I don't know if that'll show up Saturday night, but I think we got some things in place now. We're gaining a little bit on them. But they're a good, they're a good standard bearer. I'm going to tell you, they're a quality program. We respect that. Um, and I think the winner comes out, and they have certainly the old thing about bragging rights. But um, it, it, it's huge for, for so many reasons. And people look back, no matter what they say, what you say, it's still important. Um, I would say um, that it, I, I don't want this to sound wrong, but since we're in the SEC, there are other Clemsons out there for us um, in the mm -hmm. SEC. Um, in that conference, but there's still Clemson, and Clemson is our rival. There's no question about that, and this is the biggest game of the year for us, no question. Uh, Tommy Suggs joining us on the Image Printing Hotline. Tommy, uh, a great honor to have you on uh, here in Spartanburg, and we love listening to you each week right here on our station. Uh, you and Todd do a fantastic job. We uh, certainly love tuning in, listening on the radio, of course, is a lot better than then watching it on TV, which is coming from a radio guy. So, of course, you know, that's what I'd say. Uh, but, Tommy, I've, I've had the privilege the last few years of uh, being able to do some color commentary for Presbyterian in their radio booth. Um, what kind of advice would you give somebody who's you, newer, a lot newer in the business than you are and uh, wanting, to, you know, aspiring uh, to be as great as you? Well, first time, I'm not great. I'm just a, I'm just a, a business guy that, that – that, that loves Carolina fell into this thing and I enjoy doing it. And I'm a fan. And, um, I let my fan and my love for Carolina come through 
uh, and I think people enjoy that. It's genuine and sincere. I also um, protect the credibility of our broadcast by when things are not going well, I say they're not going well. And I think that's very important out there as a color person. Um, you can't sugarcoat it too much. Um, but at the same time, let you do your preparation, and I'm sure you do, and, and let the game lead you to your announcing. Um, I, I don't go in with storylines. I don't go in with this is what we got to focus on. I just let I let the game come to me. And um, and, and, and that to me is the, the way you genuinely function as a color guy. Um, you you kind of know what they're going to do. You kind of know the strengths and weaknesses here and there because you do your homework. But then you just sit back and let the game come to you. It's the way I do it. So I wouldn't say that's the way you to do it. I wouldn't say that's the way the professionals do it, but that's what I've always tried to do. Well, 50 years in the booth would argue that you probably are really great at your job. And, Tommy, we certainly appreciate you. We appreciate all you do. And uh, thank you for the years of service. And we we love listening to you. And uh, as a person that grew up listening to you his whole life on um, – on, on this on WBCU in Union, South Carolina, um, and all across the state of South Carolina, we definitely appreciate all you've done for the university. And we love tuning you in, and we'll be listening Saturday night when you head up to Death Valley to uh, call another South Carolina and Clemson football contest. Thanks so much, Tyler. Best to you, my friend. Thanks, buddy. That's Tommy okay. Suggs, uh, the Gamecock color analyst.